For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio every single weeknight at 7 p.m. on their Nothing But Net channel. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube, the return of Before Floor, which I host before every heat game. And also, Post Up 5R, hosted by Royal Shepherd and the rest of our content, which, of course, is free, as is all of our written content over at Five Reasons Sports. Make sure you spell that one out. Dot com. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. Is your company going back to trade shows? We know a lot of companies are, we see the convention centers are starting to get busy. You got to reach out to everything They're based right here in Fort Lauderdale, right on Las Olas, but they service all 50 States. They're a one-stop shop. They handle the logistics, the booth, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to get you noticed. They'll teach you the difference between renting and buying. You can schedule a free consultation, and if you mention five reasons, you'll also get a free booth rendering. They'll show you exactly what it looks like. If you follow us on our YouTube channel, you'll see that we've showed you some of that stuff, and also you can check it out on their Instagram page. But go to 954-791-8882 if you want to call 954-791-8882 or everythingtradeshows.com. And now, today's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Today's floor plan, we've got a special guest. Actually, I appeared on his podcast. We call this a home and home in the business, his name is Nate Duncan. He's actually the second Duncan we've had here on the podcast in the last week, although they are entirely unrelated. Uh, but I'm going to let Nate, because Nate does a million different things, and uh, he's just recording podcasts constantly with all sorts of different people. Nate, what are you doing these days? Well, cer- certainly you can check out the Dunked On podcast, uh, and I thought uh, our outlook that we did on the Heat was really comprehensive. That's still up uh, on our free feed. We have Dunked on Prime, which is our premium podcast four days a week. And then probably most interesting to a, a lot of people is we're actually calling games on NBA League Pass. My partner, Danny LaRue, and I, uh, we call it the NBA cast. Uh, we're doing Minnesota and Houston at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern on opening night. And then we're every Monday from there on out the, the rest of the season on NBA League Pass. If you're a subscriber or you can jump in for free as well. Uh, during their free trial periods, which encompasses the first week, I believe. So uh, thanks for having me, Ethan. Yeah, no, it's good good to have you here. And, and we're going to do some NBA, but I do want to start uh, with a little bit of a heat conversation because you and I talked these issues in depth, like you said, 
on your podcast, we got into the offense, we got into the defense uh, and kind of where, where they are. But now that you've had a chance to record with so many different people from around the country who are tied into their particular teams, have you come away with sort of a different impression of where the heat might fit in the Eastern conference than prior to recording all of those podcasts? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm feeling a little bit better about them. And I think maybe just because they made it through the preseason healthy and without any disasters. And when they were, had their best guys out there, they looked pretty good. Uh, I think Tyler hero having a nice preseason is really important. You and I talked about him a, a lot already, but uh, he's really important to what this team is going to do offensively uh, on the second unit. So I, I think for all those reasons, because my thought was the heat, probably the third best playoff team in the Eastern conference who are questionable about what their regular season might look like, but it looks like they're at least going to start the year mm-hmm. kind of at the higher end of their potential. So that makes me feel pretty decent about their regular season so far that they've even just traversed this three weeks without anything bad happening to them, which some other teams have experienced. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, and we're talking about not just injuries, but also, uh, you know, not, not being vaccinated in Brooklyn or guys being thrown out of practice <laughs> in Philadelphia. Uh, and right. just, just, just of the very nature of that, you're talking about what two of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference uh, projected, and two of them have major problems right now, and the other being, you know, the champions and and then the Heat. Um, but I also have some questions, that, and I, I promised him I would do this. He couldn't be here today, but my co-host, one of my co-hosts, Alex Toledo, had some some more technical questions for you. So I want to run the Bayou. You and I discussed some of this on the podcast. We didn't get into as much depth, but I, he was just curious your views on a couple of different things, um, particularly offensively. What do you think of the Heat's overall offensive versatility this year? In in other words, we know last year that they struggled offensively. They didn't shoot the ball particularly well, uh, but they also didn't have a playmaker like Lowry to make things easier. And, And, you know, Hero had a down year from three. A bunch of different things happened there. Jimmy missed a little bit of time. But what do you, what do you, do you view them as having enough places that they can go offensively to get the kind of easy buckets they need to support a defense that I think you and I both agree is going to be pretty damn good. So I do think they have a lot of places that they can go, particularly if hero is fully armed and operational with Duncan Robinson, Lowry, Jimmy Butler, uh, and hero. Yeah. That's four pretty good playmakers. Then if bam is going to maybe take a little bit more of a step uh, offensively. Um, But the versatility was mentioned. And I thought, that versatility is what made the heat so unstoppable in 2020. I mean, that was really more of an offensive group for them. But the one thing I think they're still missing that they had at that time was the shooting of Jay Crowder and Kelly Olenek. They don't have anyone who can play the four or the five that you really look at as a big threat out there. Someone who is going to do that handoff and then pop out to the three-point line above the break and just jack it. And so that's the element that I think they're missing. They really struggled a lot of last year until they got Trevor Reza, who he's not even that great of a shooter, but he was better than the likes of Mo Harkless, et cetera. So I think the Heat are a better defensive team than they were in 2020. But I do think that that element of having enough shooting around these guys and the ability to have a four or five who pops out above the break is what they're missing right now. All right. And another thing he wanted to ask just from an offensive standpoint, although this does play into the defense as well. And and I share some of your concerns 
uh, particularly about the backup four spot. I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to get out of Morris or if Yurtsevin is going to be ready. Uh, and some of those combinations, you know, you don't want to wear Tucker down too much in the regular season. I was at the Pat Riley press conference today, and I feel like PJ Tucker is now the favorite player he's ever had on a heat roster. He just loves PJ, but we all know PJ offensively is limited uh, with the exception. Even more than PJ Brown. It, I think it's it, close. It, it's, it's between he, the two PJs. He may now be his second most popular, uh, most most uh, popular PJ. Uh, P- Brown might be I mean, my favorite, but but I think PJ Tucker may have passed him in one training camp. He, he gushed about him today in a way he didn't gush about anybody else. Uh, but with that being said, we know that PJ Tucker offensively is basically limited to screening and corner threes. There's, there's not a whole lot else. You're not going to get finishing. You're not going to get creation. You're not going to get any yeah. of that. Kind maybe, of stuff. maybe a clutch offensive rebound or two. It, that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Right. So, but, so I guess the question becomes, do you see a scenario where at some point Eric Spolster goes to some small ball lineups with Jimmy at the four, um, you, you know, maybe not for long stretches, not as a starter, but maybe to get more of that spacing, because if you put Jimmy at the four, then you could technically play Hero and Robinson together with Lowry. You could play Hero and Struess together, Struess and Robinson, et cetera, and get more shooting out there. Do you think those lineups would have value, and particularly in an Eastern Conference that does there is some size on certain teams? Yeah, I do think that those uh, would have some value, and there may be some nights, particularly if there's no one for P.J. Tucker to guard. Right, like They don't want Jimmy Butler to have to guard the best wing threat on the other team at this point in his career. Maybe he'll do it for stretches in the playoffs, but that's what PJ Tucker's role is going to be. He's going to guard Kevin Durant. If you're playing Brooklyn, he's going to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that's actually an underrated aspect of that acquisition is that PJ can do a pretty good job on Giannis, which they didn't really have anyone to do that last year other than Bam. Um, But if you don't have that and you can get away with playing Hero and Robinson together, then I think there could be some value in those lineups. And those lineups would be very, very difficult to stop uh, offensively uh, or uh, on defense for other teams. Um, but the question becomes then, you know, do you need an, another guy who can play some defense on the wing outside of Jimmy? You know, maybe Struess could come into that role. He is rugged, at least. I don't know how quick he is. Um, so they do, they don't really have another, you know, a true sort of three and D guy, you know, they, a Mikhail Bridges type. Mm-hmm. on this team that could really fit in there. Uh, but I do think that's one way in a lot of matchups to solve the problem of Butler, Tucker, and Bam, none of those guys really being any decent from the three-point line. All right, and let's look uh, defensively. Uh, one of the issues that the Heat have typically had, because their defense is structured for it, is they give up corner threes. Um, and we know that that's the most efficient three-point shot. And sometimes the process is good, but it ends up in a lot of what we call of course shots here in Miami, where you have Malik Monk resurrecting his career against the heat or Dylan Brooks going crazy or, or, or others further down the food chain. Okay. Who go crazy against the heat because they give up those shots. Do you think their defense now? And again, they, they have, and Riley spoke about it. I mean, they have more good defensive players just by the nature of, replacing Dragic with Lowry. That's, that's one upgrade, but they have more good defensive players than they had last year. Do you view them as a team that's going to give up a ton of those corner threes with that? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Concern you? I don't think so, uh, because how do you look at how you give up corner threes? Corner threes, the reason they're such an efficient shot, it's not just because it's a shorter three-point shot. It's that corner threes are generally more open than threes elsewhere. Corner threes are the result of a good offensive process, which then is leading to someone wide open. Because remember, every team, they know the corner three is good. You're not, your defense is designed to avoid giving that up. And so if you're giving that up, there's been some sort of a breakdown. And so why would this team have breakdowns in the past? Maybe they would switch. Bam would be too far away from the rim. You've got a one-on-one matchup that's no good. And now you don't have anyone else to come help. So everyone ends up crashing in from the wing and the corner. And then you get the wide open corner three, right? So if you have better defensive communication uh, as well, where Bam isn't left after that switch, just stuck way on the outside, he can still be around to help. Tucker is a really good communicator. And then you just have better guys at the point of attack where it's not an emergency help situation where everyone is freaked out if this guy is guarding someone on the perimeter, like maybe with Dragic last year and guys aren't getting beat straight lines so easily where this emergency help has to come. Yeah. I think they should be able to avoid giving up corner threes better than they have in the past. All right. And then I want to get to this and then we're going to go around the NBA and do some rapid fire uh, here with Nate. Uh, But before we do, again, you, you feel better about them coming out of, the preseason. Let, let me give you two different scenarios for the Heat, and you tell me which you think is more likely. Okay, scenario one, and they've got a they've got a rugged start. They're they're first they're on the road a lot early in the season. I I think of their t- first twelve games, ten of them are against likely playoff teams and some high level playoff. They got Utah in there. You know they've got they've got a bunch of difficult teams they're going to play. But if I was to tell you the more likely scenario is that the Heat sneak their way into the top two in the Eastern Conference this year or they end up six or below, you would say what? I would say six or below. I would say it's maybe about 50-50 if you're talking about seven or below versus top two. But as you and I talked about a, a couple of weeks ago, I don't think they really care if they're the yeah. sixth seed. You know, I mean, that, that, that doesn't really – it's no difference than, than being five. If they're not going to have home court – in the first round, if they're not going to be a top three seed, I don't think, you know, if you're going to assume Milwaukee and Brooklyn are the top two seeds, I don't think that anybody else below them scares the heat. And, you know, I'm sure they would love to be the three seed and and have a great season throughout. But if they don't, I don't think they're too worried about that. As long as everyone's healthy come playoff time, I think they can go in and beat anybody. So the six seed to me seems more likely than being in the top two. But obviously injuries could change that. Well, of course. All right. We're going to come back with Nate Duncan. You can follow him at Nate Duncan NBA. We're going to do some rapid fire. I'm going to put him on the spot with some general NBA questions. Before we do want to tell you about a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And of course, that is our daily fantasy partner. That's prizepicks.com. Use the code five. That's F I V E. Get your bonus matched when you go on there. So put down a hundred bucks. They'll give you a hundred bucks. They've got great promos. 
pretty much every single day, every single night. And you can play just about any sport on there. So not just the NBA, you want to play NFL, you can do that. Still got the NBA futures on there. Um, and you can play power play flex play, depending on how deep you want to go into it and how much you want to risk. So go to prizepicks.com again, the daily fantasy partner of the five reasons sports network, use that code F I V E and look for our shows on the five reasons YouTube channel. All right. Back here with Nate Duncan, going to throw some stuff at you, uh, and, and you, you, you roll it out at me. Uh, number one on the Lakers, the best player on the Lakers this year will be. LeBron James. If, if, if uh, Murray comes back in decent shape, can Denver win the West? I guess can, but I just think that their defense is bad enough that it's just really hard for them to win three series in a row. And I'd put Dallas in a similar category. I think they can explode to the point where they can win any particular series, but at some, in some series, their defense is going to be bad enough that they'll get into a shootout and they're just going to get beat. Can you get to the finals with Rudy Gobert as one of your top two players? I think you can. It just depends on what the matchups are. And the Clippers were a uniquely bad matchup for them. Uh, and it's also not a question of Rudy Gobert being one of your top two players, but what's around him as well. Um, you know, the reason that they lost to the Clippers wasn't because of Rudy Gobert's limitations. It's not like the Clippers were attacking him. They were blowing by guys in the perimeter. He had to come and help, which he does well. I mean, is he supposed to just give up a layup? I, I don't really understand that. You know, when he switched on to guys, he was doing fine in most matchups. So it really was more about guys just getting blown by straight line drives rather than him getting killed and pick and roll or something like that. So I think you can, but obviously it depends what the other personnel is. Who's the best coach in the NBA right now? Not not pedigree, but right now. I'll probably stick with Nick Nurse still. I, I thought he was the, the best in 19 and the best in 20. Solid playoff coach, solid regular season coach. I'll give him a pass for last year. If I was to say to you, the Knicks are going to win five fewer games or more than they did last season, what would you say? Well, they won 42 last year. Are you saying I'm like a prorated level or just straight <laughs> uh, yeah, up you five know we, fewer? You know, you know what? You're invited to me. I said they were 42 and 30. So uh, let's, let's just say, uh, okay, I'll make this simpler then. I expect the Knicks to slip back this year. Right even though I believe the roster to be somewhat better because I believe that they overachieved I, there's a whole bunch of reasons. I think Randall was figured out to a certain degree in the postseason. I think Tibbs squeezed as much as he could out of it. Am I wrong? Um, I think that that if they had the exact same team coming back as last year, I would agree with you. Uh, however, I think they have a relatively young roster in terms of the holdovers. Uh, they're going to have Derek Rose all year. Um, and, and he's looked pretty good in preseason and they added Fournier and Kemba Walker as well. So they're going to be better offensively this year. I don't know if they can repeat the number four defense, both due to shooting luck and personnel, but I don't think they're going to be 24th on offense this year. I think they can be closer to the middle of the pack. So now they also got a little bit lucky in close games as well. So I don't, I think they were probably about a 48 win team. If you prorate out that 42, um, I have them for 44 wins this year. So, you know, a little bit of a decline. I think a big part of it too is they had amazing health and the rest of the league didn't like they and the Suns were basically had no injuries the entire year and everyone else did. And I think just overall, it's going to be way harder to win games on a night to night basis. So that's where the decline comes from. I actually think they're a better team this year than they were last year. 
All right. Well, actually, you led me into my next thing here. So of the two of the, of the surprise teams in the final four last year, Atlanta and Phoenix, which of those teams do you think is more likely to sustain the success that they had last year? I think they're both going to have decent seasons. I just like Phoenix a lot more as a playoff team. The Hawks just had two very easy matchups mm. to get to the conference finals. They were pretty injured too, but I, I think that they do have some structural weaknesses that will pop out against some other teams where it didn't against New York or Philly. Cause those are not like good pick and roll teams uh, offensively. And that's uh, where they could have a big weakness. And so Phoenix to me, they're, they are a team that has a lot of versatility. Uh, they've got the great pick and roll game with Booker and Paul. Aiden is a pretty versatile defensive player. So I like them as a playoff team a little bit more than Atlanta, but I expect them both to have nice seasons. I, I expect them to have good enough seasons where we won't be looking at last year's like, oh, this team was a total fraud uh, last year, but it, just the competition is going to be tougher. So that's really more what it's about than them not being as good as they looked last year. All right, two more here. Uh, the best player in the NBA right now, total health. Okay, give total health. Okay, no, no Knicks, no, no issues is... Kevin Durant. Okay. Who's second? John Giannis? Oof. I, that, that's tough. I mean, LeBron is always still up there, right? Like, until he got hurt last year, he was probably going to be the MVP. It, Giannis, to me, did not – he had a really good matchup against Phoenix. I don't think he played that well for most of that Brooklyn series. Obviously, Atlanta had no one to deal with him either. So, I still think there are questions about him as an offensive centerpiece, even though he had one of the great finals of all time going against a, a really good matchup for him. Like, can he score? You know, he made, he made his free throws in one game. Congratulations. Like, is that kicked? So I still have more questions about him. I probably would put Steph Curry above him still also. And I probably would put LeBron above him and might even put Luca, but th it is a more interesting question than it's been in a long time. So I, I, it could easily change. And if he has another great playoffs th this year, then I will be buying into Giannis. All right. Final one here. You can follow him at Nate Duncan NBA. We appreciate him taking the time here. I got to ask you the obvious one. Uh, Cause now that you've talked to everybody about this, your finals pick is. Oh, uh, Brooklyn and LA, but I will and Brooklyn winning it. But I will say that this is the year that where I would ascribe a lower chance of winning to the team that I consider the favorite than basically any other year. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn to me with this Kyrie thing, you know, I would say I'd give them under a 25% chance of winning. I think the list of at least fringe contenders for the championship might go eight or nine deep this year. Yeah, I, I, I've actually said that. Year. I think that this, this year more than any other, there are eight or nine teams uh, that can win um, depending on what things happen. And, and I think there are a couple of implosion situations. The Lakers situation could implode. I don't expect it to. Uh, the net situation could implode. Um, I'm going with the chalk in Milwaukee right now, but I'm with you. I think it could be eight or nine different teams. Follow him at Nate Duncan NBA. We appreciate you taking the time and uh, I hope we can do this again at some point during the year. Yeah. My pleasure, Ethan. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.